Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Tuesday, April the 12th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and we are finally here. It is the NBA playoffs. We have the play-in games here uh, the next three days, and then we get into the real action this weekend, but uh, we're fired up. We are very, very excited here at Coach Talk. The last two years, uh, we have a documented 72% winning percentage in the NBA playoffs. We made both of our uh, runs, uh, real hot runs, the last two years in the NBA playoffs. So we are planning on making it a third, and that is starting today. We also had a fantastic run during the NBA playoffs in the in Major League Baseball, and uh, good time to Check us out for that as well. We'll have a uh, prize picks and breakdown of the NBA games coming out later. Uh, and those are provided by uh, Josh Crash Davis. And then our one and only Mike S. joins Mr. Crash for providing lineups to our members. So that's what we have going on today at Coach Talk. But we have to dive into this two-game NBA play-in slate for this first playoff night of the season. Uh, very exciting here. If you want to join us, go to dfscoachtalk.com. We have a multitude of memberships you can choose from. If you want to just try us out for this play-in time, uh, grab our three-day pass for 10 bucks, and you get all the action in all of our sports, not just the NBA playoffs, uh, for the next three days. So we would love to have you. All right, if you're watching this on YouTube, on the way in the door here, click that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, and hit the little alarm up in the upper corner. That lets you know when any of our podcasts post. We have all kinds of podcasts posting this week, both for NBA and MLB, DFS, and prize picks, as well as the same for the PGA. So uh, we would love to have you. All right, here we go. First game of the NBA plan, plan. and if, if you're not uh, real sure of how this works, the first games tonight are the seventh and eighth seeds. They're just playing a, a one-game playoff, basically, and the winner becomes the seventh seed and moves on to play the two seed uh, when the playoffs begin this weekend. And so in the East, this Cleveland and Brooklyn game, the winner will go on, and play Boston in the first round of the se a full series in the uh, first round of the playoffs. And in the West, it's the Clippers in Minnesota. The winner of that one will go on to play Memphis in a series to start the NBA play regular playoffs uh, from there. The losers of these two games are put back into the mix with the teams from tomorrow. They'd have to win uh, again and go through that bracket to get the eighth seed then at that point. So uh, we're single games in both of these games. Nobody's going to hold anything back because the winner moves on. They get a break. They don't have to play another round or possibly get eliminated in the next round. So it's uh, it's going to be pleasant to, to have uh, some teams that actually are putting everything out on the floor. No crazy lineups or rotations or any of that. Uh, insane stuff that it's been the last couple of weeks. So very happy that we've got the regular deal. All right, the first game is at 7 p.m. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn is favored by eight and a half 
It's a 228 and a half total. So not a big deal because the other game, Clippers in Minnesota, is 230 and a half. So the totals for the games, you don't have to lean one way or the other. Uh, almost the same, very, uh, very similar here. Uh, Brooklyn in this game, by as I mentioned, is an eight and a half point favorite. In the other game, Minnesota is only a three point favorite over the Clippers. So slight edge that the game stays closer in the second game, but both uh, spreads being under double digits in a you know winner take all kind of scenario here. We don't really have to concern ourselves with the spread or the total. Pretty much all things equal here as we look at it. Um, also wanted to mention, I'm going to break these two games down statistically, see who's in and out. And also we'll share some prize picks plays of the day with everyone of my picks and uh, Josh's picks as well. He sent his over uh, here just a short time ago. All right. In this first game, uh, the in the in with the 228 and a half total, you have a 110 implied total for Cleveland and a 118 and a half total uh, for Brooklyn. And again, in comparison to the other game, the Clippers are 113.75 and the T-Wolves 116.75. So not a massive gap between anybody. Um, Brooklyn, you know, slightly the highest and Cleveland slightly the lowest. But uh, I think you can play these two games just true heads up. Um, the way that uh, they're designed to be. All right, as far as injuries go, we know that uh, Jared Allen is still out. He still has that uh, broken finger that's kept him out for the last like three weeks. So uh, he is not available. Uh, they did mention uh, Ben Simmons is out for this game, but he could be back any game. So uh, there, there was a, a write-up yesterday stating that you know he could be available during um, the first series of the NBA playoffs. I'm assuming that obviously means if they move on uh, and play Boston in the first round series. I think that uh, the way things are trending and looking, Simmons will make, get into that mix, but not in this game. So he's out. Seth Curry is probable. I've got him counted in. And like I say, Jared Allen for Cleveland. So you're going to get a, a pretty strong look at what everybody rolls out there, uh, has been rolling out there. A couple other things to mention as far as during the regular season, Cleveland's pace is only 27. So certainly a pace down for Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's is 10th. So as normal, a pace up for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland is still hanging on to seventh for as far as defensive efficiency for the year and Brooklyn right in the middle of the pack at 15. Uh, although definitely Cleveland, uh, since they lost Allen, and then Mobley had been out for a while too, but he's back and healthy, playing full minutes. Uh, but since Allen went down, their, their defensive rating has, has slipped. Uh, they got as high as three, and now they're down to seven. So how do we break this game down? Let's look at the Cleveland side first. We've got Obviously, the number one guy you want to talk about is Darius Garland. He's a, a pretty healthy 9-6, but he is the majority of their scoring. He's going to be the guy uh, they're depending on. And if they have a chance to win this game uh, at Brooklyn in order to move on and get that, that seven seed, uh, they're going to need a big game from Garland. So the fact that you know some of these teams have a, a, you know, a couple of other guys to depend on like the Durant-Irving scenario, the 
Towns, Edwards, Russell situation. You know, it Garland is in some senses, you know, the the solo act, if you would, to some extent. So he's got to be considered in in that aspect of things. Um, you know, they'll throw some some strong defense at him, including Bruce Brown and and a few other guys uh, that will try to slow him down. But Garland is is certainly in consideration uh, for me here. Uh, the other guy that I like. Uh, though a lot for Cleveland is Evan Mobley. He has played very solid basketball since Jared Allen went down. Uh, his true position is center. They had been playing him at the four all season and he did fine. He's probably going to be rookie of the year. I believe he'll, he'll win that award and he deserves it. Um, not only has he been uh, fantastic, you know, and he's had a few rookie uh, stumbles here and there, but he's been pretty fantastic scoring the ball, rebounding the ball and then defensively, I mean, uh, defensive real plus minus, he's seventh overall in the NBA in DRPM. That's all positions counted. Now, granted, most of the guys at the top are centers, but the fact that he played that power forward center and had to play some tough power forwards, uh, you know, to be a top 10 defender in the league as a rookie, uh, very, very impressive. And that will come into play as I'm building here. Number one, I think Mobley's a good play because he's only 7'3". And that mid-level price, he's going to get massive minutes. He can stuff the stat sheet everywhere. Um, Drummond's going to have a hard time getting out there, guarding him away from the basket. He can knock down some threes. And I think Mobley's an absolutely fine play. He's going to be in most of my lineups for this game. Hopefully he stays out of foul trouble. He, you know, He can get in a little foul trouble. But I think he should be good because, you know, Drummond and Claxton are somewhat splitting that center position. And, you know, Drummond's going to get his rebounds, but he's not a, a true offensive player. So that'll free up Mobley a little bit, uh, you know, from getting into some foul trouble. And then Claxton, on the other hand, more of a finesse player. Uh, I think Mobley can outmuscle him a little bit. So it really is a good matchup uh, for Evan. So he's my top play on that side. Uh, the other person I'd consider here is Laurie Markkinen. He's only 5'9", but he gets hot. He can definitely heat it up. He'll get some Kevin Durant defense, which certainly isn't what it used to be, but it's still good defense. He's long, lanky. Obviously, he moves his feet very well. So Markkinen, a decent target, um, but the defensive matchup isn't exactly fantastic. After that, I'm not going to go deeper. I know Karis LeVert will be a, a fairly decent option for people, but he's up to 6'9". I do think he's more of a third option. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to get some Bruce Brown defense as well because they know Karis LeVert can take over a game. Got to remember the revenge narrative here too. Brooklyn is the team that had Karis LeVert before all of these trades and everything that went on happened. And he was supposed to be one of their, you know, big future pieces. And if you remember the NBA playoffs in the bubble, um, he was absolutely dominant for the Nets uh, at that point. So, you know, Garland is, like I say, he's a, a trendy pick because of the, the narrative and he has been playing a lot better. I'm just of the belief that Brown is going to split between Garland and Levert defensively. And it's six, nine, it's just, a little bit tougher, uh, really, to, to push the button there. Um, I'm sure Kevin Lovell grabs, you know, some ownership because it's 6K. He's cheap.
But, you know, off the bench with, you know, possibly limited minutes, you just never know where he's at, 20 to 25 maybe, uh, isn't quite enough uh, to get it done for me. On the Brooklyn side, it's, uh, you know, easy conversation. Do you want Kyrie? Do you want Durant? Do you have the courage to play both? I don't think this is the spot to play both, personally. Um, you know, you've got uh, that seventh-ranked defense by Cleveland. You know it's not the same without Allen in there. Um, you know, and they're they're really uh, – they can get after it defensively. There's no questions. In, a, in an elimination game like this, uh, if somewhat of an elimination game, um, I, I just think it's hard to go with both guys. Plus, Cleveland plays so slow – with that 27th pace. So I would say, you know, make the decision between Irving and Duran. I think you need one of them, you know, with a two game slate, I don't see how you avoid both unless you think they're going to somewhat cancel each other out and you want to utilize that salary elsewhere. Um, I will say this, Evan Mobley is, uh, like I said, really strong defensively. Is he going to defend Drummond? Um, more than likely, uh, Markinen could get some time on Claxton or Drummond, depending who's in there. And maybe they have Mobley try to guard Durant. I don't think that's the, the case though, because they don't want to risk Mobley getting in foul trouble. So we'll see unless Durant is just lighting them up and they need to, you know, rotate somebody else on him. Um, you know, at that point, he might get some of Mobley defense. But I think he goes against Markinen to start off. And, you know, even though he's 1.3K more than Irving, I still lean towards Durant. I mean, this is the playoffs. It's Kevin Stink and Durant here. And, uh, you know, it's hard not to go to him on a two-game slate because I I have him fairly comfortably as the, the top raw scorer on this entire slate of the two games. So, uh this should be a fun one. The secondary pieces for Brooklyn do not make me jump out of my seat uh, at all. The only one that I'll mention, but his price is a little higher than it was, is Bruce Brown at 5.8. We know he gets stocks. That's going to happen. Sometimes he has those games where he gets some alley-oops. He gets some putbacks. He gets, you know, uh, grabs some points in different spots, and he gets to his number. But at 5.8, it's not a slam dunk. Um, but certainly uh, would be the third guy that I'd consider in this game. All right, let's move on to game two. It uh, Before we do that real quickly, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is our big ask, and we're going to do every single NBA playoff game all the way if it goes to game seven in the championship series. We'll do every one of these podcasts in front of the paywall. What we're looking to do is move up that list on YouTube. And we do that by the algorithm and, and all of the stuff that goes into it. Views. If you're watching the views, you're making a comment. That means a lot. The subscribe button and the thumbs up, that means a lot as well. So please take a second to do that on the front end, back end. Every NBA playoff podcast, we're going to break down a couple of games like this. So if you want to build your DFS lineup, if you're listening just for prize picks, the breakdown still makes sense. It helps you figure out where the best spots are, and then we're going to give you uh, about four plays per day on prize picks, uh, either in the middle or at the end of each of these podcasts as well. So we're we're trying to do the whole deal here. If you're listening on any of our audio podcast landing spots, take a second, give us a five-star and a quick little comment. 
we do a drawing at the end of each month for a free week, uh, all access membership to Coach Talk. So please uh, take a second to do that as well. All right, game two. It is 9.30 p.m. Eastern, L.A. Clippers, Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota, as I said, a three-point favorite, 230 and a half total. 113.75 implied for the Clippers, 116.75 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Injuries, again, very few here. In fact, Minnesota has none. They are 100% go. They are ready to uh, hit these playoffs. Ten, finished 10 games over 500. They just gave their coach and all of his assistants a long-term deal. So they're locked in with their future there, which is nice for the, the T-Wolves. They've been such a revolving door uh, since uh, Flip Saunders passed some years back. So it's good to see them on the right track. Uh, happy for T-Wolves fans. Uh, Clippers, however, of course, they have um, Kawhi out. He's been out, doesn't expect to be back for the playoffs, but sure, we'll, I'm sure he'll be back uh, ready to go 100% for next season. Uh, the only other guy out is Preston, but the, the other sort of big news here for the Clippers is uh, Luke Kennard left Sunday's game, the final uh, game of the regular season with a uh, injured hamstring. And that has been bothering him. He's questionable for this game. Not sure he'll be able to suit it up. If he is, it might be limited. Uh, so it does uh, shorten that rotation at the shooting guard slash small forward spot. Maybe a couple of extra minutes for some of those guys. But other than that, everybody is a go. Uh, everybody else is a go for the Clippers. So a couple of things here uh, I will mention. Uh, Zubats, uh, a little bit surprising to me. I knew that he had improved uh, as a defender, but sort of following a little bit in the Marcus All kind of, you know, not fast feet, can't jump, but gets in position, takes charges. Um, I, you know, I've noticed this, especially the second half, he's maturing as a defensive player. He's still a very young guy. And he actually finished 16th overall in defensive real plus minus, um, which is a tremendous feat for him since he was right in the middle of the pack overall. And now to be 16th in the entire NBA in that category shows a great improvement. So what it does for me is it makes me question just slightly, uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns for two reasons. One, I, you know, I do think Carl Anthony Towns is phenomenal. I think he's a fine play. I don't blame you if you want to play him. But there are two things now that I have in looking at this payup situation. Number one, he's 10-3, uh, so he's expensive in cat I'm talking about. But he has two running mates that are high-usage guys, Anthony Edwards at 8-3 and an underpriced D'Angelo Russell at 7. So, you know, when you're sharing the ball to some extent, and now on top of that, you have, I guess you have to call him now a plus defender in Ivaka Zupats. He's really played um, good defense this year, and the stats show it. And so that's going to affect things for me a little bit in this scenario. Now, I will say here, Minnesota's the fastest team in the NBA as far as possessions per minutes and he they get up and down the floor fastest pace that does help the Clippers guys too 
And the Clippers are only 18th, so they're below average. So it is a pace down, as it always is for Minnesota, but pretty substantial uh, pace down. Defensively, also, the Clippers, even they, though they've been missing guys, and Paul George especially, a bunch of the season, they still finished in the top 10 defensively. So shout out to the, the Clippers staff, their defensive schemes. I mean, to finish eighth in the NBA defensively when they didn't have their two best players for most of the season, one of them didn't play at all, uh, is, is a great accomplishment. So a little bit tougher D on Minnesota. That's why the spread's only three. This is a real toss-up game, in my opinion, even though the Clippers have been playing uh, not as well recently. I think that uh, this game is not a mail-in game for anybody involved. So, uh, you know, let's look at the T-Wolves since we've been talking about them first. You know, how do you determine which direction you want to go here? First of all, you have Paul George back, who's an all-NBA defender. So that changes the whole scheme of things. You know, I would assume he's going to uh, check Anthony Edwards for a good portion of this game. Uh, he may switch around and play a little bit of D'Angelo too, but I think he'll be on Edwards. So really the underpriced D'Angelo Russell at 7K, I think, is, is tough to pass up because of the savings and because of, of the defensive matchup. If he has Reggie Jackson on him uh, or someone of, the, you know, it depends. They'll We'll see who they're going to rotate. But um, I think D'Angelo is a decent, really decent play at seven. You know, Patrick Beverly at 5'2", he's a defensive player, but he also gets some stocks, can get some buckets, and his price is always cheap, and he does show up for the big games. And being a playoff game, I fully expect him to come out and really get after it. So I think Pat Bev is a, is a good alternative if uh, you want to pivot from D'Angelo Russell or, you know, there are possibilities at times that you could use both of these guys. Edwards at 8-3, a little costly. I mean, he can break a slate. I'll be the first to say it, but he also can go be very underwhelming at that 8-3 tag. So uh, you, you got to be either in or out on him. I think I'm going to be out on him this first game, but he is definitely dangerous. There's no question about it. Um, and like I said, I think based on all the info I said before, probably not going to be the cat buy-up for me. The buy-up that I think is just a no-brainer in this game, and he'll probably be one of the highest-owned players on this two-game slate, is Paul George. He's 9-9, which is underpriced. He's their go-to man for the first option, second option, and third option. So it's all about Paul George. I don't think you can be without him here. Um, I have him as the second highest projected points uh, guy on this slate, raw points. So I think that's that's a no-brainer for me. Um, I like the fact that it's a pace up game to the top pace in the league. More possessions for George, the better. Uh, the second pick, though, is, you know, do you go with another Clipper? Uh, because there's been a, you know, there's a big drop-off after George. Reggie Jackson has been the most unpredictable player the second half of the season. He's had some good games, and he's had a bunch of horrible games, and then a, a little in between. So... Super uh, risky, but he's only 6'6". You know he's going to play monster minutes. Uh, certainly a possibility. Really, the guy I like second best, though, is Norman Powell. He's only 5'4". He's an explosive player. He's not going to start, and more than likely we'll see. Maybe he will. But as of now, I have him as the first guy off the bench. So that'll 
deter some of his ownership. I think he's a sneaky play here. I really do. Um, I'm not as fired up to go for any of the other secondary guys like Morris, Batum, Mann, if Kennard plays, Coffey, Covington. No, those guys just aren't going to cut it for me. I will say Zubots is a consideration for me. Um, you know, you, you have Mobley power forward eligible, so you don't have to use that spot. Zubots may get that second spot for me. Now, could he get in foul trouble against Cat? An absolute risk. There's no question. Zubots is not one that's going to play 38, 40 minutes. It's never going to happen. But he's been consistent. He's been a steady guy. And he's also had some really good ceiling games uh, the second half. And as I mentioned, you know, his maturation as a, a top defensive player uh, now, you know, getting towards that anyway, uh, he's going to get minutes because they need him in there to defend Cat. So um, Zubots would be a second consideration for me there. All right, that is the breakdown of the two games to give you a good, strong look at how you want to build this two-game slate uh, DFS-wise. Now, from the prize pick side, it's really funny today because we went the entire regular season of, of doing prize picks. We did prize picks the second half of the NBA season, and uh, Crash and I never came upon picking the same person in the same category. We've always been able to dodge each other, and we never had shared our picks prior to doing the podcast because we wanted, didn't want to affect each other's choice and wanted to just, you know, lay it out there and let you hear it firsthand. Well, uh, crash sent me his picks this morning. I already had my picks done and believe it or not game one of the NBA playoffs, we have one of the same picks. So obviously I guess that will be our number one pick of the day, but I will give you, my second, or let me give you Crash's second play. His second best bet is uh, KD over 31 and a half real points. So Josh's second best pick is um, over 31 and a half real points for Mr. Durant. For me, my second pick, um, and I had it on here. What did I do with it? It is, um, I'm going to find it. I'm going to call it back up, make sure that the line didn't change since we're doing this uh, live and making sure we have the right choice. Where are we? Um, because it was between a couple of guys here. I think there's, I really like for a two-game slate, there are a lot of good plays here. And um, mine is going to be fantasy score. And it is, where is he? I'm going to find the updated number, make sure it is correct. There it is. It is fantasy score 48, Paul George. I have him as 51 and a half. So Paul George fantasy score 48 uh, over is my second choice. The first choice for both Crash and I is over Evoc. Ivaka Zubats, nine and a half real points. That's it. If he gets to 10, we have a winner. It seems low. Does it seem like a sucker play? I don't think. I think it's just a, a, a under a number that's under. I think that that line might move as the day goes on. So if you can lock it, off, lock it in at nine and a half over Zubats, 
Uh, total points in this game, I would do it because I think it's going to move to 10. But uh, I, we both like that play as our number one play of the day, and we'll be releasing that uh, also online on Twitter. Uh, we're at DFS Coach Talk, by the way. Josh is at JP Davis, 1982. And I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Uh, we'll be releasing that there as well with uh, our partners, um, Fortune 5. Those guys are getting it going and ready and, and dialed up for the NBA playoffs as well. So that is it. Those are our picks of the day, both in prize picks. That's our breakdown DFS-wise. And we would love to have you join us throughout these NBA playoffs. I'll be here every single day throughout the entire run and crash will be joining me from time to time. Deb's going to be joining me. Uh, she's not here today. She's usually with me on Tuesdays and Sundays, Sundays. She's in uh, Mexico sunning her buns as they say. So <laughs> she, I hope they're uh, having a great time down there. She and her husband, and uh, we wish them safe travels and a great trip. She'll definitely be back with me on Sunday uh, to break them down. So that is the story, my friends. Enjoy your first day of the NBA playoffs. Enjoy the Major League Baseball today. We have some good coverage for PGA coming this week as well. So check us out, dfscoachtalk.com. We'd love to have you. Have an absolutely fantastic Tuesday. And we're going to make this run in the NBA playoffs. So catch the fire now. Get on on the the way up as we get to the uh, mountaintop here in the NBA playoffs. So have a great one. Thanks again for listening in. And we'll certainly be back with you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in the NBA playoffs for DFS and prize picks.